people will come. And they'll watch the game. And it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick that I have to brush them away from their faces. The one constant through all the years has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past. It reminds us of all that once was good and it could be again. of you joining us for the very first time this is icon or wycon the show where we break down your favorite film universes one movie at a time i am here as always with the doctor to my choked up hot dog mr cj laroche cj how are you doing (laughs) i'm good i'm good you know doing these episodes with you andrew is like eating a hot dog in the moonlight so i'm very it's very appropriate that you called me the doctor to your choked up hot dog and andrew got to eat a hot dog yesterday uh one that tasted like they make 50 every 10 minutes andrew first of all i just want to say can you just tell the people at home what that experience was like for you going to uh city field to watch the new york mets take on the arizona diamondbacks yesterday afternoon so here's the thing. First of all, I did not know what to expect because I'd never been to a baseball game in my entire life. Not a professional one. I'd been to one high school game that my brother was playing at when I was a kid. So this is my first time going to a stadium and really just taking in the game. I had a fantastic experience. I got low-key committed very quickly. I would say by the third inning, I was like, what the hell was that? Like I was very into it and it was super fun. And the Mets won. So I got to see my first game. It was socially distanced, so I didn't have to be all stressed out about the crowd. Right. And the team that I came through for won. I feel like it was a successful evening. I had beer and hot dogs. Went through the Mets Mets Hall of Fame before the game, and we got to learn about Jackie Robinson and Ebbets Field. And then all of a sudden, we come home later that, that evening, and we watch Bull Durham 2, Field of Dreams. I'm not sure it's Bull Durham 2, but uh, it is a movie that is very aware that its star was formerly in Bull Durham. Well, I'll also, I mean, no, it, it, you're telling me that Crash and Annie didn't decide to go buy a farm in Iowa with all the money from that big house that they sold. Her name is Annie. It is. Her name is Annie. Yeah. Amy, it is. Amy Madigan. They had to replace uh, Susan Sarandon. Uh, maybe she was like, I don't know, feeding starving kids across the continent or something like that. She wasn't available. So they had Amy Madigan come in and play Annie. And we get to see what happens when Crash, you know, he's got he's got some daddy issues. He's got to figure him out. So that's that's this is that's this is a universe that we're dealing with, right? So this is the sequel to Bull Durham. You know what? Because you declare the Costnerverse, I'm gonna say that you can declare these rules. I'll say that there's no planet in which Ray Kinsella and Crash Davis are the same person. No, there's no planet, only planet Hollywood. Planet Costner. There it is. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's that's just a quick little thing. But we are going to break down Field of Dreams. I'm very excited. Um, I finally stopped crying. It's been about uh, 17 hours since I've watched the movie. I've stopped crying. Yo. So now I'm ready to ready to talk about it. 
It's a tearjerker. It's it's a genuine tearjerker. It really is. Yeah. Very very moving. Very inspiring. Um, so I'm gonna tell you the first takeaway that I had from this movie. I've gone my whole life thinking that it's if you build it, they will come. But it's no, he. I am your father. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just those... we've just we remembered it wrong. I feel like there was like a McDonald's commercial or something that used "If you build it, they will come." But I yeah. went on a Google hole late last night. I'm not the only one. A lot of people think that that's the quote. No, everybody thinks that it's it, right? Um, yeah. I'd like to talk to you off uh, off air about what going on a Google hole is like. Um, but we do we do remember it wrong, just like we remember Vader saying, you know, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that pop culture got a hold of it and they used, if you build it, they will come. And now that you've said that a commercial is like creeping back into my brain and I'm hearing that, but no, it's, if you build it, he will come. And of course, Ray thinks that he is shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah. And it's, it's really, I got to give a hand to the storytelling of this movie because this movie hits full throttle right out the gate like they give us that montage at the beginning that's ray's whole backstory and then slowly you get little nuggets of more story so you get he's in the cornfield and he gets this message and then he has the vision right right and he has to have the most supportive wife in the world she is so cool and i love that they really painted her as a child of the 60s that's like she keeps saying far out she's so open to all of these things that may happen and that's just she's She's spontaneous. And like you said, supportive is such a great word because she's there, man. She's with him the whole time. And even when, you know, even when he's like, can we, can we keep the field? And she says, well, I mean, it'll make it hard to keep the farm. Yeah. You know, instead of being like, no, you crazy person, we can't keep the field. (laughs) Like we have to sell the corn. Um, So no, she's great. And Amy Madigan does a fabulous job. And again, we have such great chemistry here between Kevin Costner and his, uh, female co-star. Oh, you know? absolutely. So yeah. Amy, Amy and Kevin, kudos to them. They do such a great job in this film. Um, and we've got, we've got little Gabby Hoffman playing Karen. Now it's Karen spelled with an I, right? Yes, so, you know, Karen the way that they, I. the way that they treat her is the way that Karen's are being treated nowadays. It seems like, right. When she's like, daddy, not now, Karen. And I'm like, Oh my God, what am I at fucking Costco right now? What's happening? Uh, so oh it's good God. that they spell It's good that they spell it with an I. Uh, but she does a fantastic job. The whole family unit here, Timothy Busfield. He's incredible. What's oh my name? God. Mark? He comes, he, yeah, he, Mark, he comes in. He's so pragmatic. He's like, Ray, what are you doing? You're going to lose the farm. Um, but I really feel like, I really feel like the best acting in this whole movie. And I, are we getting ahead of ourselves? Can I no, go, go here? For it. Right I, away? I say, go for it. I say, go for it. James Earl Jones. Uh, he's incredible in this movie. He is phenomenal the looks yeah the emotion right i mean when they pick up when they pick up moonlight and he just has that one that one turn from moonlight forward yeah and his eyes sort of light up and then when moonlight says baseball and he just gets this smile on his face and then even later when he's like wandering into the corn the little chuckle that he does i mean this man oh, is is wonderful he is a master my, and my this is a take. very underrated movie in his career Right, like not a lot of people talk about the the great James Earl Jones in Field of Dreams because he's got so many others, right? But he he nails it. 
we don't talk about his presence in this movie enough, so much so that I forgot how important his presence is. My favorite take from him is the look that he gives Ray when he goes, oh, you're from the 60s. And then he picks <laughs> yeah. up the bucks where he's like, back to the 60s with you. Go. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. Peace, love, dope. Yeah, it's so great. He's incredible. The whole trip, the whole trip to get Terrence Mann, that whole journey of him trying to get into his house and that standoff at the door, James Earl Jones is firing on all cylinders in this movie. Yeah, no question. And, you know, for Ray to have to go to Boston to pick up Terrence Mann, you know, I thought he lived down on 125th Street. Yeah. Uh, but turns out, you know, he lives in, in Boston. I'm speaking, of course, of the great Terrence Mann, uh, the Broadway actor. Yes. Uh, so, you know, he's the I guess he'd be the second Terrence Mann. The other Terrence Mann. The other Terrence Mann. Um, but no, the way ease his pain, I gotta, I gotta fake, I gotta find Terrence Mann. I gotta, go I gotta, the you know, go. Yeah, they All go the to the messages. baseball game. He, for, he, Terrence Mann pretends not to see it. I mean, wow. And then he's standing in front of his car, and he's like, "Moonlight, yeah. Moonlight yeah, Graham." There, there's a theory, Andrew, that I read on the internet that uh, Terrence Mann gets out of the van, right, mm-hmm. and then actually dies on the street. And so as soon as, as soon as Ray turns around, Terrence Mann is now dead already. Oh, going forward. I mean, I'll say, isn't that, that's, it's very interesting. It's It's a very interesting interesting theory and and it sort of tracks. It sort of tracks, right? Because why does he get to go to the corn? Like, how does he get to go in there? We will talk about this in the ephemeral questions, but the only reason it sort of tracks is because there are some gaps in the logic of the mythology. A few, sure. The mythology is inconsistent. Now, yeah. am I mad about it? Not really, because this movie no. is amazing. This, this movie is a masterpiece, and you know, you, I, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned that we're going to talk about those gaps in the what didn't work, um, because there's not a lot about this movie that doesn't work, even no, though. That's- even though you do have those those few things um, that we're definitely going to have to address as we go yeah, forward. We, yeah, we have to address them. Um, I love the data dump of the Black Sox scandal. I love that that becomes, that little history lesson becomes such an important part of the story going forward. And I love the scene of him on the riding mower with his daughter, like telling her the whole thing. It's so sweet, so heartwarming. And it's a well, that was great- one of the things that I wrote down that 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 data dump is so expertly done. Like oh. that is that is every filmmaker in the world should be forced to watch that right before they go into production. Yeah, because that is how you dump exposition on an audience. Because he's doing an activity while he's dumping it that is moving the plot forward. It's not right. like it's not like in a Chris Nolan movie where they're firing a gun. Right. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like totally. It's it's great. I love that. And um, also, shout out to Annie and the PTA meeting showdown. It's it's great. The early part of this movie, all of Act One, really shows us who these people are. And the big turn is when somebody else is hearing the voices too, because immediately Karen and Annie can see the players. Yeah, right away they're on board with um, the vision. They can't hear the voice, but they can see the players right away. Yeah, as soon as Joe Jackson shows up, um, played by the fantastic Ray Liotta, um, in, a, in a magical, magical uh, role for him, you know, so he, handsome. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, uh, those eyes. Forget it. Um, he's batting right-handed, handed, and hitting left-handed 
the uh, actual Shoeless Joe batted left-handed and threw right-handed. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they try- Ray tried. He tried to bat left and throw right, but he couldn't. So yeah. they were like, fuck it. Just bat right and throw left and, you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, o- it's only fine. nerds like CJ are going to, you know, remember. Like, hey, I saw a baseball card once where Joe Jackson was batting left-handed. What the fuck? <laughs> it's great. So let's talk about this is where the magic gets muddy for me, right? It's the picking okay. up Graham. Okay, so we're just going to fast forward. Well, I mean, we kind of covered all of this. You know, I just went did back we? to the beginning. Yeah, we did. We, we already got yeah. past Terrence and everything. So, like, let's talk about Graham, because this is where I started getting a little bit confused. But the movie's so charming and beautiful that I just rolled with it. Okay. But so they get to Graham's hometown. Right. And they found out that he was a wonderful doctor, beloved. Yes. Had a beautiful life despite his very short major league career. Right. One game. One, no at-bats. Yeah. What, wasn't, wasn't it one inning? Something crazy like that? One Really one half an inning. One half an inning. Um, yeah, because his turn, his turn did not come up at bat yep. in, the, in, the, in the next inning, half inning. So they find where he's from, and he's already passed. He's dead. Yeah. And then Ray meets him. Uh-huh. Out for a walk. Yeah. Zero explanation. And his Time office, travel. And his office is still open. We're in 1972, apparently. Yeah. We're, we're yeah his office. Right. Well, his office isn't still open. It's They're in 1972. They're in 1972. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he talks about his wife. And, and he kind of knows he's dead. Moonlight? Yeah. Maybe. He, does he, it's, it's unclear. This is where it gets unclear. Because then he leaves... And Moonlight says, I can't go with you. Right. And then they leave. They're back in the present. He calls uh-huh. his wife. He finds out he's losing the farm. Yeah. Got to go home. Yeah. And on the way home, they pick up this hitchhiker. Yeah. That who's, says, Moon, who's Moonlight? Archibald Graham. Who's Archie Graham. Yeah. Or they keep, they keep saying Graham in this movie, which Graham because it's Graham. But I'll allow them to say Graham. Well, I mean, if it's G-R-A-H-A-M, it's Graham. It's Graham. Like a graham cracker. Graham. Do you say graham cracker? I don't because I'm an Americanized bastard. <laughs> it's a graham cracker. I bet you if you talk to an Englishman, they would say graham. Is it Alexander Graham Bell? Well, maybe it was then. I don't know. <laughs> this doesn't hold water. I want to move on. It's it's 1 a.m. in England, so we can't call Tracy. No, but maybe she'll chime in on the graham. Instagram. Oh, wow. you- <laughs> would that be at would that be at icon or Wicon? It would be at icon or Wicon. Thank you for the plug. Of course. Tracy, please, please comment. We really need your feedback. So this mysterious hitchhiker, who is Graham, they take him and he's the rookie and he gets to play and he gets to like live his life with these also maybe ghost players. They're ghost players. They're totally ghost players. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I just don't understand how any of this magic works now. The magic works because he needed to go have the conversation with the, the old guy, Graham. Uh-huh. Right. So that way he could understand yeah. and fully recognize Graham's purpose in life. Graham's purpose in the story is to save the little girl. Yeah. To make Mark, to make, to make Mark believe. Yeah. That's, that's why he has to be there. Yep. And also because the great Burt Lancaster just needed to be in a movie because we hadn't seen him in a bit 
and he is brilliant. He's incredible in this movie. All right. Okay. All right. So walk me through this. So he has to go get Terrence Mann because Terrence Mann always wanted to play baseball. That's right. And he, he deserves that. Yeah. And then on that journey with Terrence Mann, they, two of them, they, the two of them get the vision that they have to pick up Moonlight Graham. Graham. Mm-hmm. And then they go get there and he's not there. So he speaks to the ghost of old Moonlight Graham. Right. To understand what Moonlight Graham's actual purpose was in life, which was to be a doctor. Was to be a doctor. And he says that what would be a real tragedy if I was never a doctor, if I was yeah. only a doctor for five minutes. It all, it all comes back to, it all comes back to Ray's relationship with his father, right? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. He is his father, not Shoeless Joe. So Ray's relationship with his father revolves around baseball, right? Yeah. And it revolves around our, Terrence Mann always wanted to be a baseball player. Moonlight Graham was a baseball player and had the, you know, like walked away from the game. Ray's father loved Joe Jackson, who the game was taken from, or maybe he was involved as well. We don't know. We don't know. know. Okay. But then Ray wanted to be, wanted to live his dreams of being a ball player through, I'm sorry. uh, uh, What's Ray's father's name? John. John wanted Ray to be a baseball player so that he could like get to the pros, so to speak. Right. Like you always hear about, I want to live vicariously through you. Yeah. So the whole movie is Ray understanding his father's needs and wants versus his own needs and wants and how the two could be, could coexist. Right. And that's the Terrence man who always wanted to be a baseball player, but then became a writer, but then became disillusioned with writing and stopped writing. Moonlight Graham, who wanted to be a baseball player, got to play one inning, but then walked away because he didn't want to deal with the the bullshit anymore. But his actual purpose was to be a doctor. Yeah, he saved that town. John, who got, you know, to play a little bit in the minor leagues, but then had a family and and got old really fast. Mm -hmm. And then Ray, who never forgave John for getting old. But meanwhile, John didn't didn't necessarily need Ray to be a professional ball player. He just wanted to share his love of the game with him. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's why those three characters, Moonlight, Terrence Mann, and John, their stories, that's why they're there, right? There is a little bit of wonkiness about it, but he has to go back in time to talk to old Graham so that, so that A, so that he knows who Burt Lancaster is when he walks off the field and like lets him pat his you know, girl on the back. Um, I don't want to lose my train of thought, but like they could have done that themselves. They didn't need to take Moonlight away from his playing career to hit little Karen on the back. Um, but he needed to he needed to hear it from Moonlight's mouth about why he was okay with walking away. Yes. So that Ray could fully see that it was okay that he didn't want to be a baseball player. His dad would have still loved him. Yes. Okay. See now this I can get on board with. I actually really love that analysis. Uh, my understanding of Moonlight is my theory about the movie is it's it's all wish fulfillment, right? Oh sure, I mean that's that's what John says. You know, this is the heaven is the place where dreams come true. Yeah, it's it's and I'm all, crying again. I know, and I'm crying again. I know it's really really powerful. But so I thought it was really special how Moonlight said it would have been a real tragedy if I only got to be a doctor for five minutes. That's right. And then then they give young Moonlight his wish 
to be a ball player and his instinct is to leave it because he's a doctor and he knows that he's a doctor. Somebody needs help. Somebody, And that's just who he is. And he makes the same choice again. He sees someone in need and he makes the same choice again. And he saves that little girl. And then he, what's funny is the ghosts have an understanding of the magic that we don't, and they don't share it with us. No, they only share it with Terrence. Yeah. And they, who who may be a ghost, but they don't share it with Terrence. They invite Terrence to discover it for himself. Okay. I mean, that's the same thing. No, it's not. Because I, I would I would qualify sharing as actually telling him what is it, what it is. And he actually asks, he's like, what's it out there? And he goes, well, why don't you just go find out? Yeah, well, that's kind of like, hey, uh, what does that cupcake taste like? Here, just have a bite of it and find out. Now I've shared the cupcake with you. No, I disagree. No. Well, how? <laughs> I disagree. Because how? it's like. What did what I is- say that was wrong? What does that cupcake taste like? The answer is chocolate. Dreams. <laughs> like that's that's moonlight sparkles. Spark. I know, right? And anything. It tastes like dreams. Tastes like I, Timothy Busfield's ginger beard. Timothy Busfield has a fabulous ginger beard in this movie. Oh, he's great. I, Timothy. I Busfield forgot. I forgot he was a ginger. Honestly. Yeah, he's amazing. So, and what's funny? Let's talk about Timothy Busfield for a minute. Because Timothy Busfield is he's like a villain. He's, he's the de- villain. He's your de facto villain. Yeah, he's the villain but, of the movie. But the real the villain is Ray's disbelief. Yeah. Oh, sorry. His what? His selfishness. <laughs> no, the villain is disbelief. Okay. Ray is not selfish. Ray Listen. sacrificed a lot. He has one flare up, and only because he knows the movie's going to be over in 10 minutes and he's got nothing from it. Yeah, I mean, he does he does yell at Karen, but I'm speaking about the the uh the selfishness of, you know, running away from his father. Uh you know, I'm I'm not sure estranging that's... estranging himself from his dad in the 60s to go to Berkeley. I don't know what his life was back then, but that is a that's thing true. that people do sometimes. So true. And then, because I, I, that really resonated with me when he's like, I, I walked out and I wanted to come home, but I didn't know how to come back. That was the first time I started crying. I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, they didn't get you. So you left. Yeah. And it was, it felt weird to like, just kind of walk back in because you made such a yeah. thing about the exit. I know exactly right. what that feels like. And that's tough. It's so um, tough. So hard. It's actually really interesting to see uh, a really good dad, totally reasonable man. There's no quirk about him other than he feels compelled to listen to these voices. He's built a lovely life for himself and he has major daddy issues. Oh my God. You know? And and the yeah. unresolved conflict that he has with his father, how it plagues how he's a father and how his motivation for chasing this bizarre dream is because he's spontaneous. His father, he's everything his father wasn't. His father would never just do something crazy like this, you yeah. know? It's yeah. his motivation, and eventually, him being himself. Oh, now I'm going to get emotional. Don't but cry. him being him being himself ends up allowing him to reconnect with his father because yeah. in in him being truly himself, he un- allows his father to be himself rather right. than punishing him for not being what he thinks he should be. It's there's a lot to unpack about this movie, and there's so much to unpack that I really can't ignore these plot holes. <laughs> like it's a, I have a very complicated relationship. 
Yeah, um, well, I don't think that there's any plot holes per se. I think there's just a little there's there's just difficulty understanding the rules because it's not typical. Yeah. You know, like like really the ghost what the rules are. The ghost shows up out of nowhere and asks if this is heaven, but he's actually the one pulling the strings a little bit. Yeah. Like he knows what's up. Yeah. Right? Does he does Shoeless Joe figure it out as he goes through? We don't know. Right? Then we go then we go and we find Terrence Mann, you know, out of nowhere. Uh, and now all of a sudden Terrence Mann is being shared the information as well. Um, and we don't know why, right? And then mm. and then we go to Illinois or we go to Minnesota. It was actually shot in Illinois. We go to Minnesota and we go back in time, right? And this is all just like whatever is happening, you know, whatever wish fulfillment is happening to Ray, whatever sort of like voodoo or magic or cosmic energy that's happening around Ray, there are no rules for that. Right. Yeah. It's like in Endgame, where they say, like, you know, it's like Back to the Future or Hot Tub Time Machine starring Sebastian yeah. Stan, which is strange. <laughs> it's um, you know, it's like we're there, we don't have to have rules. We don't have to have definitive answers for everything. We don't have to be a nerd on the internet, yeah. you know, to like to say, well, well, actually, if you would divide 17 by 45, it's like, fuck off, shut up and just enjoy the ride. And I think yeah. that that's, that's why this movie is, works on so many levels for me is because when you're watching it, you're just sucked into the story and the characters and the conflict, uh, you know, the internal conflict that is obviously happening and the mystery surrounding it. And the payoff is so satisfying. Yeah. It doesn't matter how we got there. The details of the magic don't matter. And it's funny because it's such a cinematic thing to have a responsibility to pay off the details of the magic. Whereas literary writing, like magical realism is a thing in literary works where it's like, yes, this is a real situation. And there are these magical elements and we, don't have to tell you what they are because you're reading this book and it's about these characters. That's right. There's a reason that Game of Thrones fell apart when they ran out of source material. Mm. Right. Yeah. Because when, when George R. R. Martin was writing those books, you don't get all the explanations as you're going through the story, but the story still works. Right. So then all yeah. of a sudden they put everything on screen and they were just like, okay, this is what happens here. And this is what happens here. And great, 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 great. And then now all of a sudden when those two boneheads are charged with wrapping it all up, and explaining it, they can't yeah. because they're not good storytellers. Well, right? it, because it, they don't they don't just trust their own instinct, their own you know artistic selves. Because frankly, they're probably hacks, right? Like because when they yeah. ran out of source material, it all collapsed. You know, and then this movie is like, yeah, this is what's happened. This is what's happening, and this is why. Right. But because by the time you get to the end of the movie, you know why you have been there the past hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. This movie actually brought up something really powerful in my understanding of the new Star Wars trilogy, specifically The Last, the Last Jedi. Jedi. But no, <laughs> I'm actually making a for real for real point. Um, okay. A lot of what The Last Jedi stood for was that we don't owe you these answers. And then you get Rise of Skywalker as a follow-up that's like, oh, well, we're going to retcon those, but we don't owe you any of these answers either. Sure. And these are the two finales of a whole franchise that has ostensibly been built on lineage and discovering the mystery, like understanding things and getting more details. And so because the framework of the prequels sort of took us down a path of, I'm going to explain this, I'm going to explain this, I'm going to explain this, you get to the sequels with this expectation of explanation. Whereas the original trilogy really doesn't really 
Like if you watch Star Wars, they make no bones about trying to explain the force or lightsabers or everything. Well, that's why it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's great. Right. And that whole trilogy, the thir- the only time you get answers is really at the end of the second one, like mystery answers to like get you to the next movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to go back into the last Jedi. Um, my God, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> we don't have um, to. But what like I will, what I will say is that, you know, if, if, if you're looking at the last Jedi from a, uh, point of view of like, yeah, he was saying, I don't owe you these answers. Great. But the problem is, is that field of dreams is a standalone movie. The last Jedi was the second part of a sequel of a, of a trilogy. And historically in filmmaking, the second part of the trilogy is where you get the answers so that the third part can be the climax. Yes. No, I, I agree with you. And that's why I, I'm watching this. And I'm like, I understand this type of filmmaking. I understand why it resonates with me. I understand that this is what J.J. Abrams thinks he's doing, too. No, he, yeah, no. He it, it's what he possibly. thinks he's doing. It, it's what he thinks he's doing. I don't think. Yeah, no. This, 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 film, this, this film is all about character and motivation. That's you know. the thing. The, the, the actual realistic part of it ties up neatly. The yeah. magic is the bonus. It's the magic just, is. Yeah, the magic is the force. Somewhere, somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, I feel like JJ has thought that like the magic is red herrings, and those two things are not the same thing. Oh yeah, look at Lost. I know. No one knows what anything means. No one knows what anything means. I thought Lost tied up very clearly, but what do the numbers mean? What are the numbers for? They're the number of the candidates. Why was why was the Dharma Initiative there on the island? The Dharma Initiative there. They were there trying to explore. Uh-huh. You've the taken too long. Power. What is what is the smoke? Power. What is the smoke monster? The smoke monster is the man in black's punishment. It, for what? Well, for killing his mother. Who punished him? Well, his mother punished them. Okay, his mother punished him from beyond. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, that was the whole thing. It's, is it's it time magic. for is it's it time magic. for a break yet? Is it time it's for a break? Time yet? for a break. But before we before we do that, I just want to ask you one question. Yeah. That split moment where he just lets John Kinsella be young John Kinsella and he introduces him to his family, not saying they're related. This is my, and then John John. to walk away and he says, dad, dad. And he's, and John turns around because the goats know. Yeah. And that's consistent that the goats know more than they let on. They kind of let Uh you get there. Yeah. They don't give you the answers. And that's what I love. That's, and it was that moment that I was like, he wasn't going to say I'm your father. He was never going to come up to him. No, just like just like Chewless Joe is never going to walk past the line and be like, oh, I can't go into your house because if I go, I will never be able to come back to the field. Right. Like they don't tell them. They just kind of let you gather it. Yeah. And that kind of answered the mythology holes for me. But when he's like, can we have a catch? Come on. And then the camera pans up and like the prophecies fulfilled. All the cars are coming. Lines of cars. Twenty five hundred of them, to be exact. It's beautiful. And, 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 and how did that make you feel? Well, I mean, I, going back, uh, as soon as little Archie's head poked out from around one of the players, that's where I start every time where I start to just lose it. Um, you know, where the, the really start, my tears start to well, uh, my emotions at this point are, are like at an all time high. Um, I, let I'd like, like, do you want to have a catch? I'd like that. I mean, I am, I am inconsolable at that point. It's quite a, it's quite an act three culmination. It's really, and it doesn't matter. The threads come together. 
father, son, mother, daughter, husband, wife, cousin, cousin, uncle, nephew, niece. It doesn't matter the relationship that they have. That's family. If you have a familial, a familial relationship with anybody, or if you have been robbed of that, or if that was taken away from you, you know, later and earlier, early, too early in life, anyone watching that moment, it just, it just grabs, it doesn't tug at your heartstrings. It like grabs your heartstrings and like puts them in a headlock. Yeah. You know, yeah. it makes you feel, and, it, and it's, it's really a really beautiful reminder for everyone in the world that if you love someone or if you really deeply care about someone, uh, I don't know if that's different. Um, if you have that relationship, don't let it pass you by. Yeah. Take advantage of those moments, you know, like what I'd really like dad is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them please? No, sit your ass down and we're going to talk about your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, the new job's a hassle and the kids of the flu. I don't give a fuck about the kids. Like come see me. Yeah. Right? No, go see, go see your people, call them, text them like fucking FaceTime them. Make sure that you spend that time. And that's what the story is to me. It's so important. And you know, it's funny, like, cause I have my own, I have my own relationship with my dad and the whole thing. And, uh, I'll have to say that when I watched this movie the first time, my dad was my best friend, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I was a kid. My dad was my best friend in the whole wide world. And now that I'm watching this movie as an adult, now that he's gone, Uh, after the whole lifetime that we were able to have together and seeing just tracking the similarities in a father-son relationship and what they do, it was very, very meaningful to see that in action. Just be like, oh, wow, it really just pays off like that. And like, you really need to be super present when they're around because it's really hard to get through when they're not. It's yeah. Very, very, it's 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 very moving stuff, and it's such a it's such a well written and well assembled film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it. Anybody who watches it, you know, they get very sad and emotional. Um, but for people that have lost a parent, it's it's like standing on outside in the rain, looking in into a toy store, you know, looking in the window oh, and yeah. being like, "Wow, I really want that." We're like, wow, you know, I really miss that. Yeah. So. Oh, it's crazy. <sighs> anyway. <sighs> Let's take a break. Field of dreams. Field of dreams. You know, CJ, this is one of our pandemic traditions that I'm so glad we were super consistent with because I really am starting to see the results of all of our work on this podcast. It's pretty great. Now, where are you seeing results, Andrew? Like in your midsection, um, like in your your chest area, where where are the results happening best for you? Because I could use some. Listen, my chest area is on fire, but really it's because my heart is so full from all the engagement we've been getting on our social media. I mean, I'm talking to to people on the Instagram, I'm talking to people on the Twitter, and I want to do more of it. The 18 listeners have really started to engage. Uh, We appreciate you. We see you. Uh, we're very excited to have you. Yeah. So I think that Andrew, where can where can the people who may be 19, 20, 21, where can they find us? Listen, at Icon or Ycon, both on Twitter and Instagram. And we have gotten way more active than we ever were. So remember those 15 episodes where we kind of lied to you about communicating with us? They're, it's true now. We're actually there and we want to hear from you. So I say go for it. 
Just do it. Yeah. Log on, log in, trip out. <laughs> back to the show. And we're back. We are back. Boy, that felt like a longer break than normal. It did. It did. But I feel like we covered some really important territory. I feel like we went to some emotional places off panel, okay. of course. I yeah. Like we felt some things. I know I felt deeply. And, uh, and I'm ready to feel more. And I think the best way to feel would be if we answered some ephemeral questions. Questions, Andrew. Questions of the ephemeral variety. <laughs> we want to look inside ourselves and say, what worked? What didn't work? Does this movie make our desert island top five? What does that even mean? Is this movie an icon? Or a Y-Con? We're going to find out. Wow. I mean, I mean, wow. I wasn't expecting a, a James Earl Jones monologue redux. That was, <laughs> that was spectacular. I'm so happy we did that. That really made my night. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you for being so beautiful. That's why I'm here, among other things, (laughs) among other reasons. Uh, What worked about this movie for you, CJ? Oh, boy, Andrew, I'll tell you, there's a lot of things that work for me. Um, You know, the biggest thing for me, and I feel like it's it's appropriate coming off of my ephemeral question introduction, is the music Mm. of this movie. That scene where he first goes out and starts hanging out with Shoeless Joe, the the nod they give each other, the hitting the balls, pitching the balls, um, the way that 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 scene is scored Mm -hmm. is just absolutely fucking delightful. Um, And then there's two soundtrack moments uh, that are really, really wonderful. Uh, The first is when he's talking about the voice that he heard you know, and what he's going to do about it. And um, uh, what a day for a daydream is playing. Yeah. Right. And then when he's in the store uh, going, you know, talking to the farmers, do farmers hear voices? Patsy Klein's crazy is playing, mm-hmm. um, you know, not to mention the use of the Allman brothers song for the road trip. I mean, every, this movie is just scored and soundtracked uh, fucking beautifully. Um yeah, I mean that for you know there's a lot of things that work obviously the emotion, the character, the pacing, everything is is just great but for me the music is something that uh really stands out and uh you know is could be is, is an example for for filmmakers of the future um as well as the past. Uh what worked for you, Andrew? I do want to speak to I'll answer that in a question but like it's it's a, it's a minimal score. Do you know what I mean? It, it it's, Yeah, it's, it's just it's that one song. Yeah, it's just that it, one it, song. And it comes in and it comes and goes and it's very, very effective in how understated it is. So I really appreciate that you brought that up because I, I was taken by that. I was like, what a nice for the, especially coming into the late eighties when scores were very synthy and abrasive. Yeah. It's, it's super yeah. orchestral, super minimal. It's really, really nice. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, you know, I, I hate to take up any more time here. Um, who am I kidding? But I love the <laughs> fact that this, that song, um, that the, the, the music of it, right. It sort of has a, a little bit of, um, it almost feels inspired by the songs that played during the natural the yeah. baseball film with Robert Redford, you know, that, that, um, banana, banana, 
right and and it's sort of a it's sort of a take on that uh and it just it just it just sounds like baseball man it sounds like magic and 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 summer nights and 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 baseball so it's and a little touch of fanfare just a little bit you know just just a little little bit nothing too crazy oh no Um, no 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 no. so what worked for me honestly was i thought that storyline was really tight Uh, plot holes and all it they're so forgivable because the choice for consistency is that we're not giving you all of the answers, right? So as far as the magical element is concerned, they're consistent in magic things. Magic things are happening and there's magic all around you. The thing is the payoff with those from those who believe at the very end and the way they tie it all together, how Karen is like, people will come. Like, and then of course, Terrence does his whole, yes, people will come monologue. Mark still doesn't see it. They have the whole thing. He finally witnesses something magical, a life being saved, only to see someone be able to finally introduce his family to his father and play that game of catch that he felt bad about shirking when he was 14. You know, it, the storyline, it's it, it pays itself off so beautifully that it doesn't matter that the magical elements don't necessarily add up. I don't need it. And so I just love the storyline and the storytelling of it. I was just along for the ride. And every time I, I tried to like be like, well, now wait a minute. It was just like my heart was full of other things. So I moved on. And I thought that was effective because, you know, I love to pick at a plot hole. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and as you were saying that I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, has our friend Ryan George done a field of dreams oh, Ryan pitch meeting? George. Can we get Ryan you know, George on the show? Are oh, my God. enough yet? Ryan will come, Andrew. Um, <laughs> I, but I, I'm remembering, you know, a lot of the things that that I love to borrow from him is, you know, why is that happen? Because reasons, reason, right? Yeah. And and what you're talking about here is, you know, why does that happen? Because magic, yeah. You know, and it's it's almost okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> because I was you just you just let yourself go, and you you get you get you get lost in that magic, and you know, you're not you're not trying to think about the rules. Um, you know, I would love I would love to see Ryan do. A pitch a pitch meeting for Field, Field of, Dreams of Dreams because I bet you I bet you he too would just get lost in it. Oh yeah, know? and it would just that that magic would would take over. Um, it's just you know, so good. Warm warm his Canadian heart. <laughs> it's just so good, and I also love like just from the very beginning. Are you a ghost? Do I look like a ghost? You look real to me. Yeah. Okay then. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah, what are you what are you smiling at, you ghost? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the more awkward lines in the movie, but you know, it is. It's it's true. He's a ghost and, and He's it's a okay. Ghost. Yeah, it's fine. Totally fine. Uh so let's find a negative. There has to be one. What didn't work about this movie for you? I'll tell you, there's a there's a big popping off negative. Um, you know, and it's like whenever I'm in an interview, people say, you know, what's what's your greatest strength in this? What's your greatest weakness? And I say, well, you know, one of my weaknesses actually is born of one of my strengths. Uh, my attention to detail can, I can sometimes get bogged down in that. Uh, the scoring with the wildlife in two particular spots in this movie um, went first when in that scene with shoeless Joe and um, Ray, when uh-huh. their player playing catch the crickets that the corn, that that field is covered in crickets. Yeah. There are more crickets in that part of Iowa than there are uh, in the entire world at that moment. And they are so loud and <laughs> so obtrusive. <laughs> um, and they were sort of grating on me as I was watching this beautifully constructed scene uh, play out. The other is, uh, I think, when the last time that Mark comes, 
as oh, underneath when or not uh yeah when mark comes um timothy busfield's character yeah, underneath mark. as 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 terrence mann is going into his baseball speech the birds are chirping Mm-hmm. And like, I'm surprised that, you know, several birds weren't injured in the, in the playing <laughs> of the baseball because there were so many freaking birds there, man. There were a lot of birds. Like, can we just birds. shut the birds up? Um, wow. What a mistake. Um, you know, I just, uh, something that really, maybe it didn't necessarily work for me, but I, I would feel remiss if I didn't point it out. You know, we talked earlier about how supportive Annie is, uh, yeah. how she's such a great wife. I have always felt like they accept shoeless Joe a little too soon, right? It's like, daddy, there's a man on the lawn. We are in the middle of fucking nowhere. And there's a man on the lawn. Um, in a vintage I'm, baseball uniform. <laughs> I'm going for my shotgun. Right. And then Annie's is like, Oh, look at that. Ray ghosts are real. I'll make coffee. You know, there's no, <laughs> there's yeah. no moment where it's like you guys, something seriously supernatural is happening here. You know, it's sort of just like, oh, there's Billy. Why don't you go out and greet him? I'll put, you know, I'll put a pot of coffee on. <laughs> um, so that was one where I was kind of like, okay. Um, but yeah, no, those those are the those are the big things. Um, and there's there's so minute in the in the middle of this, you know, just fever dream. I feel that. Yeah. What do you got? I already talked on it a little bit. It's like super forgivable, but the consistency of the magic is just not the most specific. And I'm honestly fine with it for the most part. It's just the fact that Moonlight Graham's subplot is so different than any other's relationship with the magic. And I guess it's okay. I'm wondering if there was like a deleted scene or or something that would, you know, sort of tie it in together. I, I, I do like that. You know, the, he first starts to notice something's off when he sees the Nixon sign, you know, and Terrence Mann had talked about, you know, we elected Tricky Dick twice and that was yeah. sort of like a thing. And, you know, this year's one of this year's best. And he like wipes off the license plate to see the sticker. I don't know, man. I, I think it's just part of it. I think it's just part of this crazy journey that he's on and he's got to he's got to meet him. It's not no? only the trip to 1972 that kills me, though. It's the fact that the turnaround to that trip is meeting ghost young Graham. How is he possible? Like, that's the thing. Like, it's such a ghost young Graham is, is a little problematic. Yeah. And I think strong time travel element introduced so late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole thing is time travel really though, isn't it? Like with the, those guys coming out of the cornfield, I guess, but when they come out of the cornfield, they all know the date they died. So yeah, like, that's true. Ghost, I haven't smoked a ghost, cigarette in 20 years. Yeah. Ghost Graham is somebody that doesn't exist. That is literally someone plucked from an alternate timeline brought to this field. And then when he exit, he's ghost 1972 Graham and then goes back into the field. It's very confusing. Yeah. I don't think it's as much confusing as it is just a little um, inconsistent. Yeah. It's a leap. Yeah. It's a leap. Is it a quantum leap? Oh, when's that movie happening? <laughs> I love You know how I feel about Scott Bakula. Yeah, absolutely. That series ended with us assuming that he never gets home. He just keeps leaping. Not assuming. They actually said in the title card, Dr. Sam Beckett never returned home. Oh, he never Almost. made the home. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole thing about how it was supposed to be a cliffhanger for a new season, and then they didn't get renewed, so they just put that title card up to like slap it together. 
Oh, nice. I'll take you on that journey. They, they finally released a deleted scene that proved that it was supposed to continue on. They, ah. Yeah, they kind of like sidestepped the truth of it, but they actually filmed the ending. Anyway. I've lost, I've lost sleep over that poor man just leaping t- from person to person, writing all wrongs. Yep. I've got a couple of wrongs I'd like him to write. I know, and hoping that the next leap will be the leap will be home. the leap home. That's <laughs> iconic, man. All right, does this movie make your desert island top five? Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's fucking great. Yeah. It's when great. I need it, when I need a good cry, when I need to, when I want to reminisce, when I want to be inspired, when I want to, you know, just watch a cool movie. It was this was a this was a go to uh, date movie for me, even it's though I cried sweet. at the end. You know. Um, yeah, no, this one's perfect. Can't wait to watch this with the kids if I'm ever blessed with any. Yeah, uh, yes, this is a this is a great this is a great great movie, um, it, from a great great time about a great great time in in America's yeah. history, you know. And I just love, I just love James Earl Jones, Terrence Mann's speech, man. You know, uh, America has has steamrolled. You know, it's it's like written Everything. on a blackboard, erased and written again in the one the one consistent Ray has been baseball, you know, and, and this has been like the one thing since this movie came out, like this has been something that's been consistent, certainly in my life. You know, the fact that I'm a huge baseball fan, notwithstanding, I mean, this is just a great, great movie. It's excellent. You know, regardless, you don't need to know really much about baseball. It tells you everything you need to know as you yeah. go through it. So yeah, desert Island top five status uh, for sure. Well, yeah, and you know what? My thing about it is I ha- I didn't realize how rewatchable this movie is until I just watched it last night. I was like, wow, th- that's really, really delightful. It's just very strong, very beautiful, very well yeah. acted. Um, and James Earl Jones is really going for that Oscar with that monologue. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a masterclass, you know. Uh, it, it, it's perfect, man. He, he plows under the crops, you know, it's gotta be around fall, like end yeah. of summer when he does that. And then of course, winter happens, you know, when he's sitting there waiting for something to happen, it's kind of like everything that every baseball fan feels, you know, going through the winter while looking outside, like when is, when is it going to stop snowing so we can get out there? And of course he has to wait until spring yeah, for the baseball to show up. Yeah, You know, it's, 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 it's perfect. Great. And the, and like turning the lights on when Shoes Joe is out there in the dark. I mean, the, 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 this is, this is kind of like the, you know, the, the space between, between heaven and earth, you know, this is truly this, this place, this, this field in Iowa is where dreams come true, you know? And yeah. I told you last night, like major league baseball is going to be playing a game at that field this summer Ugh. and how magical is that going to be, man? Oh, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. So incredible. Um, all right, you ready for the bonus question? Yeah. All right, what's your sequel pitch? No. You got to. No. You got to. There's studio, no sequel. Studio mandated sequel pitch. Where does the story go from here? Go for it. This is why I picked <laughs> no, this question. No, it's you a can't. horrible idea. You can't. You got to answer the question. Okay. Okay. So, so Crash Davis becomes a pitcher. And then late in his career is at Yankee Stadium and he throws a perfect game. And uh-huh. We'll call it for love of the game. No. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. 30 years have passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray and Annie have moved away from the farm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Karen is like road tripping. Mm-hmm. You know, she's uh, she's 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 traveling from she because she, she went to school in Boston. Now she's traveling from Boston out to Berkeley. She's going to be a, a, a professor at Berkeley College okay. in the Bay Area. Okay, I love it. And so she stops. She stops to see the farm, and she finds out that uh, a, a big corporation has bought. You know the 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 site and has turned it into a tourist attraction, uh, but they want to like turn it into a big multi comp. Oh, I'm telling you something that happened in real life. Well, I'm going <laughs> to keep going with it. They want to turn it into like a big huge complex, and so Annie has to like like get together with the people of the town to you know save the 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 field of dreams site. Um, and Thurman Munson, catcher deceased catcher Thurman Munson joins the team. Uh, and he comes out of the cornfield. And so we've got like Thurman Munson playing with the old timey baseball players. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I would watch yeah. that. Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. That was really hard for me to get through. And yeah, okay, you, you didn't want to, you didn't want to pitch that sequel at all. I can't I believe you made me do that. Yeah, um, I'm so sorry. Okay. But I guess, I guess we'll have to listen to yours now. Yeah. All right. You ready? Okay. I am. It's called, Karen's dreams. Okay. Tell me more. Yeah. So after having a whole life with her father and getting very, very close to baseball, she too grows apart from him. Her parents pass away and uh, she has to do something with the house and the field. And she is at a place where she thinks that she kind of imagined the field, you know? Like something about the magic, she forgets. Oh wow, you know, like, she, like Mary, she forgets it. Yeah, like Mary Poppins, the the adults always forget. The kids are the only ones that remember. It's like that. Right, she right, grows right. up and she forgets that it was real. You know, and so then she decides she's gonna go in the corn and prove that it's not real. And in trying to prove that it's not real, they let her into the world behind the corn, and she is in the All American Girls Professional Baseball League. Oh my God! It's a league of their own too, as well. It's a league of their own crossover. Come wow, on. damn! It'd be All right, that's good. the only that's the only way I'll allow it. Yeah, it's the only way good. I'll allow it. Yeah, <laughs> I very love good. You saw where I was going. You're like, it's very good. And she, the, her, she runs into Dottie, and the first question she asks her is, "Did you drop the ball on purpose?" Oh, and we'll finally get the answer. We'll finally get the answer. Well, that's and, and sure. that's the thing. Dottie will teach her how she was fine walking away. Yeah. Or maybe she'll grab the ball and just toss it over her shoulder. Like it didn't fucking matter at all. You had to bring up the last Jedi again. I, I, I sure so, did. I so positively I sure referenced it in the first. I time. know. I know. And I you couldn't have, have shit that. On it. Couldn't allow that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. What's your special award, CJ? Well, I had a couple to choose from. Um, you know, I could have gone with the, uh, you know, let's let's get Karen out. Don't let's get Karen out of Costco award. <laughs> um, but in that same spirit, uh, I'm going to say that this this movie gets the cats out of the cradle award. Oh, no silver spoon. Yeah, no silver spoon. You know, um, nothing. No fancy clothes. Just two people who miss time together, um, but they're getting it back. You know, yeah. the dad, the son, that strained relationship, you know, they, um, they got, they got to spend that time together. That's the cat great. was, the cat was out of the cradle. It's, it's two people who, who like, like the, the participants of that song, 
you know, didn't, didn't do it when they were supposed to, and they get a second chance. And so that to me, that story of redemption and that story of a father and son, you know, or a parent and child, however you want to put it. Yeah. is so, Sorry. It's okay, man. I feel that. It's, it's just magical real. and it's beautiful and it's 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 real and and when you when you see that happen and you know you you just it just brings you joy in a in a in a sad way, but yeah. <laughs> but it's No, still, it's it is in a very sad way, yeah, but it's a, it, it's it's moving and it's powerful. Yeah, and so I'm glad that that's I'm glad, I'm so glad that's the way that the movie the movie ends with with the cat getting out of the fucking cradle. So yeah, yeah, that's a great award, man. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? Uh, I got the J.J. Abrams Award <laughs> 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 because it is it is the it is what I feel is the good version of the fun is in the mystery. You know? mm, yes yes the way it's supposed to be yeah we're supposed the, to deal with mystery the fun is in the mystery in this one and like i said i can quibble about these plot holes all day long but at the end of the day they detract nothing from the movie yeah. i don't fully understand moonlight graham's storyline <laughs> <laughs> fucking cares because he's fucking played catch with his dad at the end of the movie and he got to introduce his dad to his wife and kid you know he yeah. got he got his wish. And I think that was his whole rant at the end, you know, was he's like, what's in it for me? He's like, was this about you? And it's not that it's, it's less about that. And more that everybody got their wish. Yeah. Dream, he's not, dreams came true for everybody. He's not even sure what his is, yeah. but he did what he was told. So doesn't he get something? And then he, and then he does, he get the, he gets the thing that he always knew he needed, but didn't think building the field would bring him. It's beautiful. Right. It's beautiful. JJ Abrams award. The JJ Abrams award. Yeah, for sure. Great. JJ, if you're listening, pay attention. Oh, it's brutal. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I know the answer to the final question. Yeah. It's a fucking icon. I'm not even yeah. going to ask it. I'm not going to insult it's, the movie by asking that question. No, it's a big, it's a big hairy icon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, it combines everything that's good in America yeah. and everything and everything that's good in cinema and everything that's good in sports. You know, it's, it's everything that's, that's beautiful and wonderful. Even the villain, right? Even our villain is doing what he's doing for the right reasons. Oh yeah. He's protecting his sister. He's protecting his sister. And that's the only thing that he cares about. And he doesn't care how you feel about that. Yeah. You know, he's doing what he thinks he needs to do to protect her. And in, at the end of the day, if the, if there wasn't, you know, a magic ghost baseball team involved, he was right. He was absolutely right. That was an you irrational know? decision that he, that man killed his crops. Yeah. You know, and, and who yeah. is this, who is this strange reclusive author from the seventies telling you this is the right choice? Like it's weird. Yeah, he, had he doesn't every, believe, he doesn't believe that that's Terrence man. And rightfully so he had every right you know? to think that everyone in that field was crazy. Like exactly. There was, exactly. You know, so this um, is this is a movie where it's it's everything is real, you know, even when it's not, and it's just got everything that you could possibly ask for, and I don't know, it, is it the best sports movie of all time? I mean, I that's a hard one. I, that's yeah. a bold statement. It was a question. Yeah, uh, people actually say Bull Durham is the best sports movie of all time. Well, Durham is a great movie, man. I mean, yeah. Kevin Costner, within two years of his life, you know, and he actually, remember, you know, the movie Revenge. Yeah. He almost didn't do Field of Dreams. 
because the the schedule was conflicting and he turned down field of dreams and you know revenge was being pushed back pushed back pushed back and then finally he went to the producer and he was like look man if you guys can't get your shit together i'm gonna go do this little baseball movie and you know they smartly were like hey okay great great can you just go do the baseball movie and then do our movie after and kevin was like yeah sure great i'm kevin costner hello there hi i'm kevin costner yeah um so so within two years he got to do possibly i mean I, I don't know the two best baseball movies of all time. Certainly. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think so. And you know, the natural is a great sports movie. Um, major league is obviously special football. There's the you know, football movie, Brian's song about Friday Brian night lights and Gale is Sarah's excellent. Friday night Friday lights is excellent. Excellent movie. But there's, any of there's those, a lot of great sports movies, any of those movies, you know, you sort of have to dig for, Someone mm-hmm. says, hey, what, what's the best sports movie of all time? For me, Field of Dreams and Bull Durham are coming right out of my mouth. They're excellent movies. You know, also, I mean, Field of Dreams is preserved in the National Film Registry. Like, it is, It has been deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Because yeah. everybody knows. Everybody knows. Well, they say it wrong, but if you build it, they will come. <laughs> he will come. But, he will but come. like, it's, it's part of our culture, this movie. And then you watch it, and it's like, that's pretty solid because – I mean, I respect all these Library of Congress picks, but I'm sure there's some stuff in there. It's like, I don't know, man. She was a yeah. flash in the pan. Like, this is a solid, solid movie. It, yeah. It, it, it is. It's, it's definitely culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. It's gorgeous. For sure. For sure. Uh, it's beautifully made. It's beautifully shot. I mean, they had to paint some of that grass green. They, there was, they had to deal with flies. Yeah. You know, the, the, the great backstories and, and everything that came out of it. I mean, you know, our, our, our open today was that that's a Chevy commercial that's yeah. being aired on television in 2021. Yeah. That speech. But, but like we magic. love it. It still holds up. It's magical. And James Jones. Yeah. Oh my God. yeah. I mean, but, but this is a movie that has Kevin Costner, Ray Liotta, James Earl Jones, and Burt Lancaster. Yeah. Those are your those are your stars with Amy Madigan and and Timothy Busfield, you know, and, and I mean Gabby guy, Hoffman and yeah, Gabby Gabby <laughs> Hoffman, you know, and even the 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 guy that played uh, John, you know, he was great. Like every every the acting was Everyone. great. This Firing is, this is just is so good. This and is just con- a movie that you write home about. Yeah, and as confusing you know? as it could be, they were all in on it. They all knew exactly what it was supposed to be. The tone was flawless. Yeah, it was funny. It was sweet. Kevin yeah, a little, Costner, a little scary. It was a little scary at times. I mean, there was some danger. Yeah. No. But Kevin Except, Costner really helmed the hell out of this movie. Oh yeah. Like he was so he he took his role as like the lead so seriously. Oh yeah. He really. No. I mean, he was already a movie star. No way. No way out was you know out. Yeah. In, but he was already a star. But that's a lot of heavy lifting. This to fully make sense of, of a magical realism movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah about a guy with daddy issues yeah and he's our anchor and we just have yeah. to trust him and believe him and we'll be along for it like for sure it's the way he says dad at the end fuck me up dad <sighs> oh like he needed to say it he couldn't just let him go he had to say it oh so yeah good had to have that catch yeah oh my gosh anyway man i'm super glad we did this we got in our feelings yeah. a little bit but i think that's okay uh I absolutely think it was necessary absolutely i'm not ashamed yeah i'm not no. ashamed no, that this was beautiful, and uh, for love of the game is next. Let's see if let's see if it does the trick. Okay, okay. <laughs> Kate, 
is filmed 10 years later, uh, filmed at Yankee Stadium. A lot of the scenes were shot in and around Washington Heights. Yep. He still looks uh, so, good, though. Yeah, sure. He looks great. <laughs> he looks, I mean, he looks great in Man of Steel. Yeah. And that was another 16 years on top of that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for the rewatcher for Love of the Game. I'm excited to see, um, you know, if it, if it holds up. Um, I'm sure that we'll have some things to say about it next week. I feel that way. All right. For Icon or Wicon, I'm Andrew Sotomayor. I'm CJ LaRoche. Hug your parents. Tell me. Tell your loved ones. Do you love them? And, yep. and be good to each other. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.